catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. The 27th United Nations Climate Change Conference offered reasons to be optimistic about the future of climate tech in Africa. But then let's consider a few numbers which are not secret. They are all out in the open. In 2021, climate tech startups in Africa raised a mere $440 million in disclosed funding compared to $2.4 billion for fintech on the continent. African tech startups that are focused on climate change receive just about 0.2% of venture funding compared with 94% for the likes of the United States, Canada, China, Europe. Though the COP27 climate tech run competition recognized African climate tech, African green startups would need more than just a competition. The Technical Coordinator World Meteorological Organization, Africa Office, Abubakar Salih Babikar, in this episode, will be discussing what's next for climate tech in Africa after the much touted African COP, the COP27. Welcome, Abubakar. How are you doing today? I can see you're smiling. <laughs> you're actually smiling. <laughs> uh, uh, hello. Thank you very much, Anthony, and uh, thank you very much, Africa Tech Radio, for having me. My name is Abu Bakr Saleh Abikir. I am from WMO Regional Office for Africa. I'm good. I'm talking to you from Addis Ababa. Beautiful. Where the regional office is located, yeah? Yes, exactly. Hmm. So, I, so before the last time we spoke, um, I think it was like 2021, um, you were with ICPAC. Um, how has the move been um, and how, how much have you actually like, you know, settled in, um, in a new role and the new office? Yes, it, it's, it's kind of um, a smooth move. I work for ICPAC, which is a, a, a regional climate for East Africa for four years. And then as, as a normal move in career, I moved to a, a job, um, a, a bigger role. With the, with the World Meteorological Organization, with the regional office for Africa, based in Addis Ababa. I work as a technical coordinator for meteorological infrastructure. And it, it encompasses all the aspects of the infrastructure, the weather stations, uh, the data that comes from satellite, the data that comes from models, different aspects of these infrastructures that we use uh, to provide weather and climate services. So I'm overseeing um, of a continental role. Mm, interesting. Uh, so when we look at the you know issues around climate on the continent what's the state of climate change in africa um you know how damaging have the effects been um i think it's a it's a good way to start because we understand the situation on ground now um you know the kind of things we face this year before we now you know get into you know the tech um, um that can be used to solve it you know the trends we've noticed this year too and all of that so uh let's start this way you know uh, great. It's, it's a good start. Let us start yes, from the status of climate change in Africa. So there is a re- report was just released uh, this year the, before the COP, which is the IPCC report, the assessment report number six, mm-hmm. uh, which is summarizes all the 
the scientific literature about most of the finding about uh, climate change and how different continents and different countries have been warming and have been affected by by climate change so some of the major finding of the uh, the assessment report number six is that um, Africa is, is warming uh, very fast actually it is the warming in Africa is faster than the global average so uh, if we are talking now about global average increase in temperature uh, about 1.1 since pre-industrial time the the warming over Africa is is higher than that uh, m- more than the global average which is about one 1.1 to 1.2 currently and uh, Africa is also the extreme events are increasing rapidly they're increasing in intensity and frequency that is uh, for the continent of Africa sea level rise around Africa is also um, uh, higher than the global average and most of the cities in Africa actually uh, have warmed uh, beyond almost around 2 degree Celsius so if we are talking about global warming about 1.1 in in general in the globe the the, the cities the urban uh, centers of africa some of them are uh, already at 2 degrees celsius more than the pre-industrial time and and some of them even increase more than two degrees celsius uh, there are glaciers in africa in uh, in the kenya in the mountains in kenya in mountain kalimanjaro those are actually rapidly vanishing and they are affecting the whole uh, ecosystem around them so this is in terms of signals of climate change uh, that we have seen in africa in, in terms of damage in the past 50 years, for example, from 1970 to 2019, there was a report by WMO and other partners about the impact of disasters globally and regionally also, for example, taking uh, cases from Africa. In this 50 years period, Africa experienced uh, 35% of the global disasters related to weather, climate uh, and water. And they have led to to deaths of more than uh, 700,000 people uh, lost their life and about 338.1 billion in economic damages. These are due to floods, due to droughts, due to landslides and and different uh, range of extremes. So this is just a general picture of where we are now in terms of signal of climate change from the warming and and, and, and and the heat waves and the extreme event and their impact on life and livelihood uh, in Africa. So this is where we are uh, so far. Wow. Um, most times when people um, notice floods in their environment, when the heat waves are like really, really hot, when we have these issues most times you don't think it's you know connected to climate change you just feel you know it's just one of those things or maybe the hand of god or something else but these things have like uh, you know connection back to you know climate change and all the discussions that people have been having um, about preventing uh, these damages and this effect from really hurting um and people Uh, so now away from that how much technology is being utilized in fighting climate change effects in Africa? Um, I, I'm asking this because um, I know that there is work going on, but not a lot is being said about the amount of work 
that is going on underground. Um, just like when EPAC, you know, launched um, the hazard system in 2021 or 2020 uh, and other other kind of work like that, that's that's ongoing. So, you know, how much technology is being used currently in, in fighting climate change in Africa? Great. There is currently a level of usage of technology, for example, um, using uh, the use of satellite and geospatial data uh, to monitor uh, the climate uh, and weather systems. There is use of uh, high-performance computers to produce forecast um, that this is also gradually increasing in, in in africa so more countries now they have uh, computers with a bigger capacity that can run a weather forecast model so we can uh, use it to, uh, to predict that couple also with satellite there is also increase in um, automatic weather stations more countries now uh, in africa are moving from the old way of uh, taking observation uh, from the weather, weather observation uh, instead of manual labor and uh, someone go and read uh, thermometers and, and different uh, measurement tools now we have automatic weather stations that are collecting data beside uh, that we also have seen increase in using information technology and digital marketing for example to deliver services, uh, deliver information, deliver early warning uh, to the population. So more and more of the national meteorological services now, many of them now are using uh, social media, for example, the technology that uh, the social media offer uh, to disseminate and reach people with early warning, with uh, with uh, weather and climate information. So uh, there is use uh, of technology in, in that sense, but there is still some gaps that is still remain. Technology has still a lot to offer uh, in terms of um, um, we increase our utilization of technology. Uh, For example, uh, automatic weather stations, we we can increase the way we benefit from this technology in a way data can be shared. Data now, now most of the data, yes, is collected, but it goes into servers and it's not much ingested in the in the day-to-day operational forecast uh, and that that's kind that that's kind of uh, gap that we we need uh, to close um, we also need to benefit more from the social media technology to reach more larger population um, or at least to understand even the, the users who they are where do they live whether they live in urban settings whether they live in rural areas they are there are room for this uh, room for improvement in this area there's room also for um, radio uh, like this especially people in rural area they rely on ra- radios because they they don't have uh, stable internet connections and uh, an easy access to internet and the device that could, uh, through which they can access internet so you, we use them we, we, are, we to reach them with the information and advisories maybe we can benefit from radios and partnership with uh, with the traditional leaders, with the traditional institutions like church, mosque, uh, tribal uh, gathering, and, and so on and so forth. So with the technology, we also still need radio and, and other uh, the, uh, traditional methods to reach a wider population with the information. 
So the awareness and the technologies that would help in addressing, you know, the issues face to face. But then the awareness is also very important because, you know, the awareness, the lack of information for people to act on. These are like two points or two, the two major pillars of, you know, what I picked up from, um, from you. Now, the trends that we would say we observed in the climate tech space in Africa in 2022. Um, I'm guessing COP27 um, would be maybe, or the the agreements or the discussions on COP27 would be most likely one of them. And, you know, maybe the, you know, the number of startups who are um, coming up to take up or provide solutions. Um, So, but let me leave it to you. You know, what trends did you notice in the climate tech um, space in Africa in 2022? Um, yes, a uh, uh, number of actually uh, tech uh, companies and startups, as you said, they have uh, come forward and uh, they provided uh, or they try to offer solutions. Um, mobile technology, for example, uh, is a major area. Uh, many startups, they are offering solutions using mobile apps to, to tackle uh, different type of problems, for example, um, delivering weather and climate services or um, delivering uh, decision uh, to help people, for example, farmers by combining weather and climate information together with the market information. So uh, farmers or small, small scale farmers could also benefit from the mix of weather and climate information and also uh, the the understanding the market and, and uh, what is happening on it. There is also a major uh, development in the area of renewable energy um, because renewable energy now it is getting cheaper and cheaper. For example, solar, uh, the prices of from solar uh, are going down uh, constantly uh, and that offer a, a huge market and, and opportunities for um, tech companies so they, they can start um, using um, uh, or engaging into uh, renewable energy uh, production and technology uh, and that could offer solution a big solution for uh, climate mitigation so it can help Africa uh, to leapfrog from uh, carbon uh, emitting um, sources of energy to more uh, of uh, greener uh, energies. Um, those are the things that came to my mind. But you can you can uh, you can also share from your side. What what, do you, what did you notice? Uh, well, so I think there are a lot more uh, efforts, intentional efforts. This is you know what I noticed in um, using social media um, and you know, new media tools to spread the information about climate change and, and also climate action, not just climate change, because um, the COP27, um, we had a lot of young people. I don't know if that was intentional, but we had a lot of young people who attended um, the COP27 and most of them um, used their social media handles, you know, to talk about these things. And a lot of people who didn't even, you know, uh, you know, think about it, something as the COP27 or climate I'm kind of like keyed in into that, um, the trend at the time, which was COP27 and everyone being in Egypt, you know, and all of that. I, I think that was like a really strong uh, um, trend, something I think I noticed in uh, this year, 2022. And my follow-up would be, do you think that 
um, the discussions and the agreements at COP27 kind of maybe addressed, you know, certain climate change um, challenges facing, you know, Africa? Great. Yes, yes, there is definitely increasing awareness. There are more young people and they realize that uh, this is uh, actually, or the old generation is leaving them with a, a big trouble <laughs> because they are the future and they, <laughs> they want a more uh, comfortable and uh, bright future. And they, they see that this, this game, uh, the way it is going now, is not going in their uh, interest. <laughs> that, that is why they became worried and they became engaged. And this is a positive sign. I am really happy that they, they took responsibility. Uh, they became aware and they, they want to do something or they want to advocate that the, 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 the current generation who is leading should take action so they can leave uh, behind a safe, uh, safer planet, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, understandable and fair enough. Uh, that, that, that is on, and, and the use of the social media was also great on that sense. Uh, on the, the outcome of the COP itself and the agreement it's kind of, uh, it came out like a, a mix. So one of, for example, um, major outcomes of the, the of this COP is a decision to set up a, a new fund for loss and damage uh, resulting from climate change. Uh, this is like, um, to many observers, this is like a climax uh, of the decade-long decade effort by small island state and, and vulnerable nations. They've been calling for this um, uh, loss and damage fund so that the impact of climate change and the damages that uh, caused due to climate change to, to small island and uh, to uh, developing nations, those nations who are vulnerable, should be compensated for that. So th that, that's kind of um, uh, the decision, the positive decision on that, a fund will be set up uh, on this, um, loss and damage will be covered. That was a, a very uh, bright uh, point from it. Uh, but the issue is that the other, like a bitter suite of it, is that in the what is known as Sharm el Sheikh implementation plan, uh, it kind of excluded any mention like a clear or explicit mention for winding down the use of fossil fuels. Um, so uh, they, they, there is no like clear decision or clear call for let us uh, reduce uh, in an organized way the, the usage of fossil fuel because this is the parties were competing the different parties and they are uh, some of the fossil fuel industry or some fossil fuel dependent uh, uh, countries and stakeholders they wanted they wanted it to be open like that and that 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 kind of um, a bit of a setback although there is a positive result but this is another setback the other challenges are also related to the, the discrepancies between what is expected from paris agreement in within paris agreement uh, the world said that we will keep the temperature between 1.5 to maximum but now the challenges are in implementation uh, the current pledge, the current policies uh, that are um, the, the practical things that are happening are a bit far removed from uh, reaching that uh, target of uh, 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius uh, warming by the end of this century. 
uh, to keep the warming below below that and um, we are we are not heading in the right direction and we have really very short time to to reach the, the, the reasonable uh, targets um, and if, if we are now just at a warming of 1.2 degrees celsius and we have seen all those kind of extremes and very damaging uh, extreme event like a tropical cyclone Idai, tropical cyclone Kenes, uh, the strongest tropical cyclones in record to hit Mozambique. Uh, Somalia, for example, a very vulnerable country, was also impacted by one of the strongest tropical cyclones recently, uh, tropical cyclone Sagar. Um, we have seen tropical cyclones that uh, impacted uh, the Arabian Peninsula and they resulted in desert locusts because they brought water and moisture in a, in a desert region. So this is just about 1.1 to 1.2 degrees Celsius. So imagine if we are if we are going into a climate that is warmer, maybe four or three degrees Celsius, how, how life would be in this planet? It, it's, uh, it would be very challenging. And this is again, will bring us to the issue of new generation to the use who are the future and the inheritance of the planet. Yeah. Hmm. Now, one of the uh, challenges, as you've mentioned, is uh, implementation of the Paris Agreement. Uh, what other challenges do you foresee? Um, or what other challenges do you think the climate technology uh, innovation or the climate technology space generally in Africa um, faces or you know, may face in the coming years? Yeah, this is a good question, actually. For Africa... One of some of the major challenges we are facing is uh, technology transfer. Number of them, but let's start with technology transfer, because yeah, many of the technological de- development, the advances in technology, they happen in the developed world, and um, it takes a bit of time, it takes a bit of um, resources to to get the the newest technology to be transferred to Africa. Uh, and this is one of the major challenges. We need to accelerate the issue of technology uh, transfer uh, to Africa because the time is limited. If we wait for it to come in the same old uh, fashion or old pace, it will really lose, lose uh, very valuable time. Uh, look at the, for example, the case of COVID and the vaccines that that came. It's a technology also. But but uh, somehow it was uh, restricted, and somehow uh, you, uh, only uh, kind of only the the well the wealthy uh, communities and the wealthy countries are the one who benefited from it. Until now, the the vaccination rate in Africa very very low against COVID. So these kind of things need to be accelerated in case of because we are dealing with an emergency. We are talking now not about climate change, but, but about climate emergency. Climate change is really really something urgent, and we need to to act on it. So technology transfer need to be uh, accelerated and, and sped up. We also need to, to have finance so the technology can be upscaled uh, in Africa so to cover uh, different um, aspects of the socioeconomic life. So if we have a technology, for example, on renewable energy, we need it to come as fast as possible. We need it to come in a reasonable price so it can be adopted and it can also push push the, the, the economies into a greener path. If there is a technology related to, for example, computing resources or satellite information, we need it also to come as fast as possible so it can help with adaptation 
and to help with the, the, the aspect of adaptation, having good weather and climate services to help communities adjust to the challenges that are emerging from climate change. The third element, besides technology transfer and finance that could accelerate the process, we need capacity building. We need uh, to build the capacity of the uh, uh, the population and the youth in Africa so they, they can have the skill and the capacity to adopt the technology, to maintain this technology and to uh, uh, build on it. So so we can we can we can progress forward in in that aspect in, in using technology to fight climate change to to for mitigation and for adaptation. Mm, these are very yes. Yeah, so you wanted to say something? You could go ahead. No, I did, this is just a summary related to technology and challenges uh, with it and how it can be uh, related to climate change. Mm, okay, okay. So, so these are very important points that you've mentioned. Um, the technology transfer, um, which you know should go side by side with capacity building, right? Because um, when that, um, if the process becomes seamless, the process of technology transfer, we need the capacity to maintain, like you have said, and to build on you know the, the technology so that we don't keep going back to the west um, for for such. But we can actually build on ours, and if we have um, you know traditional means of getting, uh, we can also develop like our traditional knowledge, right, and ensure that we upgrade it to the level uh, at which you know technology generally runs um, now, um, and then finance. So one of the major summaries of agreement um, was putting finance to um, early warning systems. I think that's one of the things that you know I, I noted from the COP deliberations and agreement. It should be something that should receive a lot of um, a lot of finance. And the Africa Union um, just at the COP27 um, launched the Transition Fields Oversight Regulatory Management Accelerator. It's like a combined business governance digital platform to connect African energy regulators, industry actors, consumers around the common interface just to advance clean energy. And there was also another funding um, that was announced for early warning systems to, to be developed within, um, I think, from now to 2025 or 2030 across the continent. So everyone you know, in the world, in fact, um, has like a, an early warning system that can actually attend to them. Um, how do you think African climate tech startups to and African countries can attract the much needed climate tech funding? Great. This is this is very interesting. Yes, actually, the early warning initiative is actually led by WMO, which is came out of a call from the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres yeah, in the last March of the World Meteorological Day, he asked WMO to lead uh, the effort of uh, leading, uh, coming up with the initiative to cover everyone in the planet uh, by early warning, warning system in the next uh, five years. So by 2027, maybe uh, everyone should be covered by early warning system. So that, that is, and, and the, the initiative uh, received a lot of support, a lot of backing, a lot of partnership. Uh, they engage with it. African Union already on board. Number of economic uh, communities. So, for example, like ECOWAS in West Africa, like SADAC in Southern Africa, EGAD in East Africa, EGAD and ESC. So all those are uh, adopting the same approach of uh, the early warning system. 
we also from our side I, I would like also to take this opportunity to disclose that we are actually last time you interviewed me about uh, the East Africa Hazard Watch and now I work with the same team uh, they came with me decide on WMO and we are upscaling that system to, to cover all Africa so we have very talented staff uh, with us we have to programmers and another expert on innovation and climate services so I'm they are they're working with me here and we are scaling the system to cover all Africa it will be available to the national meteorological services they will be able to access it they it will provide visualization for example for data from surface stations from upper air the upper air stations and from satellite it will provide also visualization for forecast so it will be a very very efficient tool uh, to for the users for the, the expert to generate really good good weather and climate services and then uh, take it further to disseminate it to the population so in this way we can uh, help with early warning system so in case of severe weather event and uh, extreme event people will be um, informed uh, early enough and also it will, it will also visualize socioeconomic data so we will not only just tell what the weather will uh, be but the user will be able to tell what the impact might uh, happen from this extreme event so for example population you can see the the severe event and how many people live under that area so you can be able to advise and say there is a severe event and it is expected to affect uh, hundred thousand of people location of key infrastructure we also have the location of key infrastructure infrastructure airport hospitals power plants and, and so on so the the forecaster also will tell what the weather will will be and what it might do maybe it will close the airport we need or there's a hospital that might be affected or whatever the the key infrastructure yeah, in the area so this is our contribution to the UN Secretary General uh, initiative covering everyone by early warning system uh, uh, in the next five years. We're really, really excited about it. And when we progress in the development, we can come back again in the show. If your time permit, we'd be happy to talk to you again and maybe to your audience as well. Mm, this is, I'm really happy to hear this. Um, and it's really good that, you know, this innovation is being scaled for the whole of africa um but i would also want you to you know touch on you know how you think um based on you know your own um, um suggestions um we can uh attract financing into you know like the climate change space in africa there are a number of initiatives actually going on. Uh, for example, the tech companies, they offer, I remember Google was having an initiative recently through which that it offer uh, uh, options for finance. So, for example, if you have an idea or some of your audience have an idea about technological solution that could help with climate mitigation or climate uh, adaptation, they can apply on that. Uh, on those kind of uh, to attract those uh, call for proposals and uh, and look for resources from them uh, google um, and a number of other uh, entities they are working on this media has a major role if you have a media project that could really uh, help with um, 
like uh, creating awareness or delivering early warning information or reaching people uh, vulnerable communities in rural areas that that in itself is a really valid uh, project which can through which you can uh, uh, apply those uh, resource uh, uh, fundings that that are available um, you can also approach the the banks uh, the developmental banks african development bank the um, the world bank many many donors actually and many developmental agencies have those uh, call for proposals from time to time just always need a solid very concrete idea on how your project or your idea can uh, can contribute to climate change um, or climate change adaptation or even early warning and livelihood and things like that but I believe the media has a, a, a opportunities to to seek those resources and it's a, a, we need media actually without media we, we, we if you have a good idea and you are not communicating it is it's, it's not there it's, you have nothing okay okay um, so that said um, thank you very much um, final words on um, what is next um, for climate tech? Um, how much opportunities are there? How big um, can the space get here on the continent? Um, yeah, final words uh, um, towards that end. Yes, I'm very optimistic. I believe that there are really huge opportunities for the tech uh, companies and the startup and new initiatives in the continent. Uh, as I said, especially in areas related to renewable energy, um, solar, uh, wind, and those are areas that could um, benefit a lot uh, the communities and they could find the resources that could help with them. Uh, then there's areas related to uh, computing and IT generally. We really need to use, uh, to use the facilities that are available from the IT that, for example, I gave example of two programmers working with us to develop Africa Hazard Watch. So it's it's a, a major, the use of technology, I would encourage more and more of the use uh, to, to go into the area of technology, learn programming, improve their programming skills, because through this, we can amplify these tools, which you, we call computer. Without programming, there is no, little can be done. But the tool is more effective when we have uh, we, we're using it for uh, to to achieve something. Uh, last area is the area of the social media. It can be used in a very efficient and a very effective way to deliver information, reliable information, because now we have a range of information that or misinformation actually. So uh, 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 being being a robust, uh, concise source of information that would uh, be very helpful. Uh, understanding also the users, who are they, where they are, they're using the, the analytic tools that are offered by the social media to understand the users and how geographically distrib- distributed, how geographically are we covering and we reaching the people with the information. That, that could be also a major area that we need to work on. So those are my my final thoughts on this. Mm. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's fine. So uh, just like we did the last time, I would switch things up a bit and um, just some random thoughts and random questions here. Um, this year, 2022, what has been the most memorable moment for you uh, for the year, Charlie year, 2022? 
the, the the really the call from the United Nations Secretary General. He is very vocal about climate change, and he is very a uh, strong advocate for uh, tackling climate change and take, uh, considering it an emergency. But his call, when he called for uh, covering everyone by early warning system in five years, it's really a, a big and ambitious uh, call. And the reason for it is that we in Africa almost have 60%, in the best estimate, 60% of our population are not covered by any early warning system. That makes them very vulnerable to weather and climatic extremes. Uh, also, we have high dependency on our, in the communities on natural resources, which is also sensitive uh, to uh, weather and climatic extremes. Almost, or most, most of the development happening in the African economies happened uh, in also sectors that are uh, vulnerable to weather and, and climate. For example, agriculture, uh, livestock. Um, other ecosystem services. So those sectors are very, very vulnerable to weather climate extreme. Like we have seen in Somalia, for example, uh, people have been affected badly by a very rapid period of floods in 2019, and suddenly a rapid uh, or longer period of drought since 2020 until today, Somalia is under drought. Before that, it was under flood. So they became like a really little time for communities to recover from disasters. Even government to help people, they became juggling from one disaster to another. Uh, so those kind of challenges um, are, are need to be tackled and, and the call for early warning system and um, uh, improving weather and climate services to, to support resilience is a, is a highlight of my year. Mm. Okay, and then what would your wishes for as we end the year, right? What would your wishes be as we end the year? And what would your wishes be for the new year? This can be personal, you know, it's, you know, just you, what your wishes are for as we end the year and as we begin a new year, 2023. Yes, for the end of this year, I'm hoping we are working on this system, uh, as I said, and we are hoping to have it already online hosted uh, online and uh, that maybe we can have a link and, and send it to someone and say hey we're working on this pilot project could you please test it and see what what do you think and, and give us your feedback i'm really hope hoping that we manage to do this by by the end of this year and from me yeah, until the end of the year and by next year we are hoping the system will go into a pilot mode and it will be formally endorsed and adopted by the WMO um, Association for Africa. This is the Association of the National Meteorological Services in Africa. So I'm hoping that by February next year there could be a formal adoption of the system and then we can come and talk about it uh, to the media and tell how fantastic it is and how it can help with saving lives and livelihoods. Okay, that's beautiful. Um, so nothing personal, um, no personal, like, um, do you have like personal thoughts as we end the year or, you know, anyone for the new year? Now, on personal level, I really just wish the best for the for my family and for my friend and to you too, Anthony. I wish you all the best for the, toward the end of this year. I hope you have managed to achieve all your goals for the year and I wish you a next uh, year that is also full with uh, happiness and an achievement as we, we go forward. 
Mm, okay thank you thank you very much for the wonderful wishes and i hope that you also achieve everything that um, you've planned to achieve this year and that we break more boundaries um, next year and achieve greater heights um, in the coming years here great thank you very much for having me thank you so climate tech is a multi trillion dollar opportunity that will attract more private capital and create more high value companies while transforming everything from cooking to transport but only if it is done well and with a focus on the right places at the right time which is now some companies are already tapping into the opportunity using financial technology, e-commerce, digital payment solutions to provide easier access to renewable energy, to close the gap for the 600 million people without modern electricity access. But then urgent action is needed to ensure that these pockets of successes which we are celebrating across the continent are scaled up and much more needs to be done in the area of awareness and information dissemination through social and new media, just like our guest. Abubakar Salibarikar has um, you know, made us know today. COP27 provided reasons to be optimistic about the future of climate tech in Africa, but having no clear follow-ups after COP27 will only jeopardize the tiniest silver of optimism remaining. From investors to development professionals, all hands must be on deck, even citizens, to fast-track Africa's progress. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.